Welcome to the Football Yanks Podcast. Yeah, we're American, but we're talking about soccer here. Hosts Derek, Ryan, and Luke are all football fanatics, tracking our fellow Yanks in the EPL and abroad. Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, we're back and we've got the full compliments of Yanks this week. Luke has returned. I'm feeling much better. That was, it was actually painful to listen to that last episode when I was editing it because I, I was fucking dying, guys. Like this last week, it felt like I had COVID, but I never tested positive. Luke, how are you feeling, man? I'm alive. I thought we lost Luke because we hadn't heard from him. Like, yeah, he just—he just, like ghosts us. I think. <laughs> I like I think, like around statistic. the time Tottenham plays every week, he just like drops off the, the group. I think chat. he silences the group chat. Yeah, which is smart. The group yeah. chat is definitely silenced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just I decided that um, Ryan needed you know, some better use of his time than editing out my keyboard noises. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was giving yeah. you a break, so you're welcome. But yeah, I had COVID last week, so I was sick along with you, but I'm better now. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I just fought through that episode and felt awful. I was muting my mic a lot while I was coughing, but I still like had to cough in the mic a few times. And this would have been the noise if I was on the podcast for me. Well, I'm glad yeah. I can contribute something to this podcast. I feel missed. Yeah, we uh it's definitely not the same uh without you here for for better or worse. Yeah. How's Tessa feeling? Everybody feeling better? Yeah, yeah, we're all all recovered. Um, yeah, it was really Monday and Tuesday with days we were just like totally laid up in bed, couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely definitely not pleasant, but yeah, we're better, all good to go. Excited for soccer tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been snowing all day here in in Baltimore, and uh, I know Shannon is stoked about playing in the snow. Um, I kind of like playing in the snow. You know, I played soccer and iowa in college so yeah. i'm like all about the the weather like just give I, it to me why not i get sketched out on turf um yeah just like that's a turf like it can get yeah and like turf like the risk of injury is already higher just playing on turf and then you add snow in the mix um you yeah. get me really excited about going out there tonight thank you <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> I'm sick of all yeah. these Marylanders complaining about the goddamn snow. It's um, it wasn't even that much out? snow. It's no. not that much snow. We and just haven't cold. had snow for a while. Like, yeah, it's been a couple of years, I think, since we had snow here, or any that accumulated. Yeah, um, but well, you half it. <clears throat> fucking congratulations, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like, outside of the city, sometimes, like in in the the burbs they get they get more snow than we do in the city so uh i'll be curious if there are like work delays and stuff like that tomorrow it's supposed to snow throughout the night i think until like midnight so yeah i think school will probably be closed there'll be some businesses closed um, well yeah. Derek, i'm glad you know you don't have to do anything tomorrow you don't have to go to school 
Uh, I'm actually going to go to the office because they're like showing up like an arrogant prick wearing uh, suits on days when, nobody else, when everybody else is underdressed. So that's going to be my move tomorrow. You're rocking a yeah. suit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Like, like a tailored just a power, suit or just a, did you just yeah. go to Nordstrom Rack to get a random <laughs> <laughs> Right off the rack. Yeah. Right is, off the this rack. This is from the for... guy who tells us he's filling out applications for other podcasts. Right <laughs> podcast. I think it's a bit premature for that, Luke. But, uh, you know, anyways, we'll be supportive if we can. Dude, Men in Blazers yeah. is hiring. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> me on that show. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Nobody cares about Everton. (laughs) You're way too uncouth for that show. (laughs) Yeah, you're right where you belong. They get like John Oliver on that outfit. Like, (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, like, let's let's hop in. uh, Yeah. So this is, I think, is it match week 22? Uh, They like split this one in half. I think sometimes I just pick a week at random and label the episode as such. So. Oh, it's 21. <laughs> it's match week 21. Uh, well, so they like split it right. in half to simulate uh, or, or like create a week off for teams. Right. So like yeah. half the teams played this week, half will play next week weekend. And um, there are like some cup matches in between i think i think like chelsea will play their second leg yeah on tuesday for example so um yeah the first the first match we have on here is tottenham man united luke what what did you i i have so many questions for you because we like talked about the timo uh loan last Mm. week and kind of got our thoughts down um how are you feeling about the spurs you know they're in a title challenge, according to uh, no Big one. Ange. So yeah, would you would you think of this performance? What do you think of their uh, trade window work thus far? Huh. Well, you know, I I have kind of multiple feelings about the match in general. I think generally. It was a really intense match without a huge amount of quality outside of the goals, right? I think our midfield, uh, Spurs midfield, was really not of a really good quality other than Benteker. Like, you look at Hoiberg, Skip, Benteker. Like, that's not that great of a midfield. So, it kind of brings back how injured the team is for how large the squad is. Not that there are other teams dealing with that, including United. Um, I thought we bossed most of the game. Um United did exactly what you could imagine United doing, hitting us on the break. Um, really good finish from uh, – two two really good finishes, really, but Hoyland's finish was really good. Um, really good resilience in the team to come back twice. I think a point at Old Trafford in, this, in the state the team is is not bad, especially going into a longer, longer break between games. So overall happy from a Spurs project, perspective, from a, from a kind of normal audience – perspective it was an intense game without a lot of quality like i said um pretty happy with the window so far not necessarily because i know the quality of the players is like really really high um we all know about uh timo Werner, but i don't really know too much about the dragness just dragnison player this romanian player we signed the center back Mm -hmm. um what's good about it what's encouraging to me is that it's the first time in my memory that Daniel Levy has gone out and purchased players early in the window. So I think that that 
bodes well going forward. Uh, Ange has a t- has a period now to train with the players, um, you know, get them moving in the right direction. Hopefully, some injuries come back. Team's looking good when we get we get our injuries uh, injuries back. That's the biggest takeaway. Dominated a Man United team that is only playing on the counter, but is scared to play, say they're a counterattacking team. Um, but yeah, they not, weren't not unhappy. They weren't for a while. Like I remember Ten Hag at the beginning of the season, like very specifically saying that they wanted to be the best counter attacking team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but 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 I think it, that that came from a different kind of context. Like he wanted to be a really quick transitional team. Yeah, but yeah. What that has shifted into is like a Jose Mourinho kind of approach where they are defending a lot and using players like Rashford and um, Granacho to attack in really, really fast transitions. It's like Bruno, the quarterback hit diagonal balls, Bruno, the quarterback hit diagonal balls every single time. Yeah. They're sometimes sort of just aimlessly playing the ball out in the space. Like the minute they get the ball, like they're just trying to feed it up top. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was, it was really good for us to have our full defense again together again, despite giving up two goals. Really good to see Mickey Van de Ven. I think that he's a serious player. Um, good to see Christian Romero captain the team too. Um, but, yeah, Man United just are a very blah team. 2-2 is an okay result, but wish we had got three points. Yeah. Um, you guys have any thoughts on that? I'm kind of being a little – I feel a little – you know, kind of mid-tone about the whole thing. What do you What do you guys think? Oh, Derek. Derek, so, you want to? <clears throat> you had some notes on here, so. Yeah, I mean, going into the game, I thought I was surprised at the, the betting line in the game because I thought United was favored by significantly more than I would think based on, like, how how reliant on counterattacking they've been and, like, how relatively. United was effective. favored? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, if, I think it's to do with history um, of the – like, we don't win at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's and, a home game. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Derek. But, no, it's, it's a, that's that, that's part of it, right? It was like the home game and then, like, like – but, but what surprised me is, like, you look at, like, run of form and, like, uh, sure, Tottenham's down a bunch of players, but, like, United's just such a such a underperforming, pathetic team in so many ways, like, unless they're getting on the counter and, like – I don't know how long it had been. Rashford had last scored in like May or something like that. Like, or yeah, it was May. Was it really May? I, I, yeah, I think that's insane. What they said, it yeah. Was, yeah, it was it was May, and like last season he had I think thirty. Yeah, it was either goal goals or goal involvements. I don't yeah. remember in all competitions. Rashford's not looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Rashford's just not looking the same. Yeah, we, so this was a turnaround that. for him. It was a, a bit surprising to see Hoyland this effective given the players around him in in this one. And, and I think a lot of it had to do with Tottenham being shorthanded, um, you know, particularly like in midfield, right, and like new players coming in. But, yeah, I, I think it's a good – and so I was kind of backing Tottenham to win this or at least tie it, and, you know, that, that kind of was the result we saw here. So I'm not too surprised at how this played out. I think Tottenham very easily could have won it. Um, Boss the game at points. Yeah, given their yeah, you know, their, yeah. some of their runs of possession and in the number of shots they're able to generate, but missing a cute a few key pieces. Um, in the I, I didn't even touch on it. The there's this um, 
there was a, a kind of a, uh, a narrative that came out after the game, and I think Ange kind of put this out there purposefully a little bit. But there's a big, uh, there's a large amount of sickness that ran through Spurs over the course of the past like five Kulu. to seven days, and Kulu really suffered from it and couldn't get couldn't get to fitness. Um, so that was a huge miss for us. I think Kulu in that team playing in that number 10 kind of attacking number eight that he's been pushed into with Madison out and with the Celso out. I think we win that game. Yeah, I, I, I'd back that. I mean, I think I think that the, the defending will get better. I, I, I wasn't impressed with them. Surprised the rating Poro got because I thought like those I think both those goals came from his side. And he was directly involved in at least one of them. If not both. He did do better. Um, he, he did do well at times to stop the counterattack, especially the Rashford kind of running free down that side at times. And so, so to me, it was a little bit underwhelming, def- underwhelming def- uh, performance in their defense, which probably could have gotten them a win out of this. But, mm-hmm. and then Timo, you know, he, he had his, I think I pasted a, I might paste an Instagram link in there somewhere. Or maybe I forgot to, but you know, th- there was a pretty good, uh, he had one pretty good field goal kick and then <laughs> so uh, bad. He's, he, yeah, but that I was, did, that yeah, was bad. it was rough. And they were like, yep. Are you sure bad. about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did have a, I thought he had a really nice, uh, assist. They played in the Benton core. So like, if he can do that kind of stuff attacking, uh, down the wing, then like, I don't know. It kind of negates the, the fact that his shot is such a, such a just abhorrent liability at this point. Not that Richarlison's always that much better, but like, I think, hey, that's six goals in six games. Yeah, in the Premier League. he's playing well. He's yeah, playing, and, he, like, and, and he played well, I thought. If you yeah. watch the course of that game, he did hold the ball up well, defended well um, on set pieces. So, I, yeah, yeah, that goal, well. that, I think that goal is extremely h- hard to defend because of the angle and velocity is coming into the mix there. But he did really well to score on that nonetheless. Um, so as good of a, a, a cross as it was, yeah, he, I would say he did well to finish that. I, I haven't been impressed with too many of his finishes this season. He has had a couple really nice headers, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I he's no I, Nico Jackson. But, um, <laughs> I think on the the Werner side is interesting because Werner's going to come into the team and the pressure is not going to be on him like it was on Chelsea. He's much more of a system player in this role where he doesn't have to score. Like he can have moments where he kind of flubs his line like that really fucking terrible shot. But um, I thought I thought Werner looked good. Like he hasn't played really much at all and to be thrown in like that, which probably – wasn't the hope. Um, I thought he played well. He, d- he did enough for me to show that he can be a player down the stretch as we don't have some. Yeah. Um, I do. There's like so much I wanted to chime in on. So Werner, he's, I like Timo Werner. Like he works hard. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he'll bring that he'll stretch teams. And even though, He's not he's not going to like overperform his his XG. He will he has to be accounted for, right? And his speed the speed is real and that that creates problems for teams. I think he's really stupid. Um like his <laughs> his Can we get a soundbite of him saying I play Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> Did he say that? I didn't oh yeah. A long time ago. I played Fortnite. (laughs) Yeah. I really like, I don't think he understands offsides. Um, Like he just positionally is like, 
it, it hasn't gotten best, it at but, this point. But I looked at it and he like over his career he performs just like right at his XG. He's gonna sc- like score the goals he probably should. It is a weird acquisition. I get what they needed to do, but yeah, they're really like rolling the dice on a guy who hasn't been playing. It's, it's affordable though. They're not. They're paying his wages. They don't have yeah. to sign him. I think it's pretty low risk on Spurs part, which makes sense. It's a Spurs signing. It's kind of like, bleh. yeah, <clears throat> the Spurs, you, you, your fan base must be just buzzing from the announcement of the NFL uh, schedule for next season. Right. Like it's something to look forward to. A beat baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make some money. <laughs> the EBITDA, oh, the EBITDA. <laughs> yeah. You got it. You got it. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. nothing will cover a team of earner acquisition like uh Jacksonville versus Buffalo Bills. Oh, the Ravens. You're gonna host the Ra- or am I look I'm looking at this year's never mind. You hosted the Ravens this year. I well, saw that the schedule for next year came out, but I don't Well we're also gonna if they don't fix that the field, I think we're gonna be quickly coming come known as like a as a a graveyard for injured fucking NFL <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that. I, I get that. I get the shtick on the, like, what are they doing with that fucking stadium? Is it like a football stadium or an NFL stadium or a venue? I, I get the shtick. It's an entertainment I, venue yeah. masquerading as a soccer team. I, is... I, I hear that. Um, but you know, we're not, we're, we won't have, we're not going to have financial fair, fair play issues like neither you know, Chelsea, like Everton and Nottingham Forest. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we'll I think we're cover that okay. in a second. Uh, I thought Romero played well. I thought Rashford though. He scored. I didn't think he looked that great. Like I could count on two hands, probably the number of times that he, just tried to take on defenders and dribbled it straight out uh, <clears throat> out of bounds for a goal kick. Um, just like overtouching the ball. Um, good for him to score. I'm thinking of trying to think of the other observations I had. I just watched this match. Um, he, he doesn't really, he's not really good at taking on players. He's not ne- no. like, he can't really dribble by people. He needs a defender to kind of sit off him so he can take advantage of, of uh, of like the five or ten or five to like six yards between him a defender and then he'll score. But if the defender yeah. gets <clears throat> really close to him, he's not that good. He's not. Yeah, yeah it's just not a. He's a transitional player. Yeah, I that's th- it. Think Rashford is like fairly mediocre. Um, which I don't know if that's a hot take anymore, but that's like my current assessment of him. I don't think he's the killer that he appeared to be, and. Yeah, I mean, I was reading an article. It might have been The Athletic. I was reading an article about the Ratcliffe takeover and the work to be done with this team. And the reporter that was writing the article was, like, laying out what their vision would be for, like, uh, like what needs to be done on the, the soccer side of things with Man United. And the first line of it said something like, issue number one is that nobody here is very good. They're all, like mediocre or old or both and they've got a hole to dig themselves and they're up against ffp which is is crazy 
Um, <clears throat> like Hoyland is good. Garnacho, I think is good. They've got pieces, but like, um, they're playing fucking what's his name? Evans in oh my God, as, yeah. as a, <laughs> as a CB right now, like Benteker, that was a good finish, but he was, he was just, just allowed past him. Yeah. He was just allowed to walk right past Evan for that goal. Um, yeah, that team's got, got issues, man. Um, yeah, Evans couldn't put his walker down fast enough to get yeah. over there. The future Benteker, is not best player on the pitch for, though. for, uh, for Man U, I don't and to know. To your point, like Rashford in that situation, like what's he 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 can attack or he can hold the ball up and then wait for what Juan Basaka to overlap him. So he's on like, the oh, left side. I'm just like go, yeah, go blast. What is Juan Basaka? Oh, that was another thing. Side. What is he doing? Um, doesn't Dallow usually I don't play know. on the right? Yeah, usually Dallow switches. Or sw- but oh, really? Juan Basaka can't play out of the back on the left side. He just can't do it. That's why think. that's why they they um they skipped the the second phase like the second phase were they of worried about the left side every time were they worried mm-hmm. about him like keeping up with Werner's speed or something? Basaka's I th- I, pretty speedy, right? I, I think it was um uh, uh, Johnson's speed and dribbling ability. That's why he was over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think of like tactically why that might be. Um. Yeah, uh, the so a couple other things. I, I thought Adogi was good in this one. Dude's a boss. Uh, nearly scored uh, yeah. an own goal. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> which headed right onto the post. Yeah, <laughs> but like Garnacho has been playing really well, and um, Adogi had none of it really. The yeah. whole the, like I thought he got the better of him fairly Didn't consistently. Yeah, and then, other than maybe a cross. The last thing that I thought was significant was Garnacho switched from the left to the right and replaced Anthony in the in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, which finally. yeah, yeah, which like has been a long time coming, but I don't know. Um well, anyways, I, I, mean, I think the the two And then Jaden Sancho here. goes to Dortmund and immediately comes off the bench <laughs> and assists a goal. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry, think, what were you saying? I was just going to say, I think that I don't know if we covered it, but this one ended 2 2, and I think that's probably pretty. It wasn't unfair to either side based on the play and who was available. Yeah. Uh, totally agreed with that. Um, Bentaker, though, looking like a fucking Rolls Royce of a player. If I could make things look as easy as he does, I would be fucking good at something. I don't know. Like Jesus Christ, dude looks like he's like something. (laughs) Dude looks like he is taking a fucking like I know siesta and fucking passing the ball around hundred million dollar footballers. Maybe not hundred million dollars, but looked fucking. There's no hundred footballers on that team. (laughs) No, 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 not not United or or Spurs. To be honest, but uh, Benjikur looked really good. I will say the really worrying thing about Spurs in the next couple games, you look at that bench. Yeah, you you can shit on um, shit on Man United, but they did have some attacking changes. Spurs had no attacking changes in that in that squad. Nothing. Yeah. So I'm really worried about that in general. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's pr- I think I'm looking at. Well, no, the most interesting. Let's talk about City Newcastle next. Uh, yeah. That City, what a City game. three Newcastle two, yeah. What, what a comeback! What a, a 
it's like KDB's world and we're just living in it, man. I that uh, that that, goal, that first goal. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, he came in and scored pass. a goal and assisted the game winner. Like But that but that pass, that way that he opened yep. his hips up, like tricked the defender and passed yep. it into the near post like just mm, Yeah. Crazy. Uh I guess my words of caution that he may not be the same player <laughs> when he returns. Well, you were uh, right. He changed his haircut significantly. Right. True. Yeah. I think he's like trying to give Grealish a run for his money or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I. Well, what are my thoughts on this game? Um, Newcastle using practically no subs finally brought on Hall. I'm looking at who they had available. I and thought was, Hall could have come on much earlier. Where was Livermento? Is he injured now? There was some reason he did not come on. I can't remember. I saw some He, he wasn't even on the bench. Injured. He wasn't on the bench. Yeah, I, there, yeah, there's something going on with him. Newcastle are in a tough spot, man. They're, yeah. they're falling down the table. They have no... Like, they don't really... I don't know if they have money to go buy players. Yeah, um, so that's... I mean, that's a story sort of later on... Um, they have FFP issues. They're like right up against it as well. So they can't go out and buy anyone. They need to be a seller so that they can get some pieces in place for them. The, there is a rumor that Isaac might be available and Chelsea were scouting this game, which is bizarre. Apparently Chelsea had scouts at this game and uh, like people deserve that they were there. So there, there's like rumors that Isaac may be, uh, an option for Chelsea that they're exploring, um, which like I like that move more than any other uh, link that Chelsea has had just cause he's, he's a pre- he's a great finisher can score from anywhere. Um, and he uh, uh, is EPL proven and he has the sort of injury record that Chelsea likes, you know? So <laughs> such <laughs> so he, a gangly motherfucker. That guy yeah. is like the fastest freak for what he looks like. It's like, how does this guy's legs move like that? Yeah. Like, they look like they're going to snap, but they're like, he's faster than most center backs. Yeah. Um, really good player. Kyle Walker looked really bad in this game other than kicking his goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, Kyle Walker seemed to not, not be, a hundred percent. Even I've given him a lot of praise. Uh, didn't look, didn't look great. Um, I don't know. Sit, KDB coming back is really going to change the outlook of this league. I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. See what kind of run city can get it's, on, but beating Newcastle at Newcastle. is a huge um, amount of, they're going to take a huge amount of confidence from that. What did he um, need? 20 minutes to just snatch like, victory yeah. from, yeah, um, I thought Foden looked good. He, you know, he just probably deserved a goal in this one. Um, Ederson, a, a big story was City's goalie, like practically immediately coming out of this this match because of uh, a collision with Walker, which was a it was an offside run that was allowed to play on because the sideline refs are are told to sideline officials are told to allow that uh for the most part um do you take take objection to that you think there's a better solution i don't uh the announcers were like coming unhinged over it (laughs) 
Uh, I thought this would be a classic case in point (laughs) for automation. uh, Oh, well, yeah, it should, it should just be, it should just be automated. The technology is there for that. So that, yeah, that should be automated. But like, given the current stupid world we live in, uh, in or the Anthony PL. Taylor's a real ref, and yeah, offsides. Yeah, jobs. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's how you have to do it. Like you got to let the play play out, and, rather than get the wrong call and then send it to video to sort it out. I don't know. Um, other Can we talk away? about Oscar Bob? Yeah, what like, do you want to talk about? Finish? That one, that fucking winning goal is incredible. Those yeah. touches in the box blew my mind. What a terrible childhood that kid probably had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's probably in, in like an academy, right? He must he, have been in City's Academy. <laughs> so I would tease that motherfucker probably, so much. <laughs> Oscar Bob. He was probably it sounds like like a like it, aren't, aren't those like part of the phonetic alphabet like it's it sounds like you're spelling something over a walkie-talkie like oscar <laughs> tango bob, bob. Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets on he scores that goal and anybody who ever made fun of his name like shitheads like me should go fucking kill themselves what yeah. a fucking goal like yeah. what an incredible goal Great, great goal, great finish. What a moment for him. I think Jack Grealish um, might be seeing the end of his career at Man City. Maybe that's a little controversial. Yeah, I but... wanted to bring that up because you, like, we were, like, sort of sending texts back and forth during this match, and, and you were, like, uncage Grealish, I think was, or unleash Grealish, something like that. You, you, uh, you seemed to be crying out for Grealish to come into this game like what what are your thoughts about that situation i don't know if i was calling him out for this specific game like i obviously pep guardiola guardiola knows a lot more than me um but i i get this feeling and i didn't think doku was very good in the game um but obviously he offers a huge amount um so now i don't want to like put down doku's ability to change games influence games but before jack Grealish came to city he was one of the best dribblers in the league, right, at Aston Villa. He was one of the most foul players. He had some of the most take-ons. Um, really influential, right? And he's come in and he is so hamstrung, or at least like he's so put in a position where he's not really influencing the game in a creative sense. He's much more of a tactic player where he needs to stick out wide, keep possession, stick out wide, keep possession, and he doesn't get the kinds of influence in the game that I used to really like when watching Jack Grealish. So I I miss that side of him. I thought he was like a little bit of a loose cannon. Anything could happen when he got the ball. You know, he had that ability, and now it just... It doesn't seem like Guardiola has any interest in giving him that, but he's willing to go to Doku and say, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. Phil Foden, do whatever the fuck you want. Different kinds of players... But still, it's a little disappointing to me. I would really like to see Grealish playing with more freedom. I would like to see him go to a different team to play with more freedom as a kind of uh, entertain uh, from an entertainment point of view. Um, I find the City team at a lot of, like especially without KDB and Holland pretty fucking boring to watch. So I would really like. Um, I just want Jack Grealish to be able to do more. That's my point. I, I understand the system he plays in. Understand the. Dis- the, the need for him to do what he does within Guardiola's system, or at least last year. 
But I'm kind of getting bored of it. And now that he's on the bench, it's like, what the fuck is even the point? I, so, I just oh, love that yeah. kind of player. Apparently he was sick. I okay. just saw it. So I think that plays into it. And I I agree with you. I think those are good points tactically. I think the one thing I'd keep in mind, right, is this is a team we talked about having such as dearth of, of depth, like, fairly recently. And, like, sure, De Bruyne coming back helps a lot. But I think... Now that they, you know, they're a team that's actually on the title push, I think they're going to need depth to, to to continue driving, especially as who the hell knows what the hell's going on with Holland other than the fantasy managers in his family league. Yeah. Uh, that injury, there's like no word on what's going on with him, right? Uh Let's see if there's an injury yeah, update I Gu- can find. Guardiola, Guardiola said he probably will be out till January, at the end of January. End of January, right? yeah. 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 Um, makes sense that they've been very hush on it, you know, especially yeah. if they don't know exactly how bad it's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a, I mean, just at, like as this draws out further and further, like what a stupid thing for these guys to do. Uh, his like I think it was his dad, girlfriend, and brother all dropped him from their fantasy soccer team. Like, what a dumb, boneheaded fucking thing to do <laughs> if you're if you're in his like inner circle to do some shit like that. I I don't know. Well, I guess the only my only counter or playing the devil's advocate is like, what's the implication of it, right? Because it's not like. Like we, at this point, we know he's not available for these games, right? And everybody preparing for the games know that knows that it's going to be Julian Alvarez or, or some other solution, right? Yeah. So, but like, I don't know if it matters. But the, like, if it were me, I, yeah, if I were him, I'd be pissed off at them. And if I were them, I probably wouldn't have done that just out of like, again, like, why would you give away that information? <laughs> yeah. It. Uh. I don't know. It just seemed so boneheaded like the stupidity it, it, of people over yeah, all yeah, common true. sense <laughs> it, it it uh like now we would know that there's something going on with him but the first like maybe two weeks they could have played it off and then like teams preparing for them have to like be accountable for yeah. the possibility that holland is gonna play right and i like i saw this article the week he was injured and and talked about it on this podcast. So like if I am seeing that shit, then like these teams have got to be aware of, of stuff like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact that has it, 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 you know, at the end of the day, but like, it just seemed so stupid. Like it's played out. Yeah. Um, Sure, let's talk about Burnley and Luton. Burnley won, Luton won. Uh, I I didn't watch this, and I had no interest in going back and watching this match. <laughs> so you guys are going to have to hard carry this one. <laughs> so I guess this comes back to, again, like, what the... F- oh, I was, like, really burnt out last week because we were doing budgeting. So by, like, 3 o'clock, like, I might have... Yeah, I might have been making, like, a drink at that point. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch some soccer at this point. And so... I actually watched all this game <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad a game, I guess, as you would think looking at it on so on much paper. on the line. Yeah. Right. And it, so there was a certain intensity to it, right. That, that, and, and, 
you know, Company's an interesting guy to watch in the sideline because he's, you know, he's dialed in and, and he's kind of a wackadoodle sometimes. And so, um, but, you know, my, I really thought Luton in the first half looked like the better squad. Um, I do think that, um, after after that goal was scored, it was a more even game after the first goal was scored. And then um, I forget what the statistic, if this was a sixth or seventh time, um, Burnley's lost points after going ahead in like the last 10 minutes of a game. But um, yeah, there is this sense that like Burnley could blow it again and, and, and then they end up giving the, giving the two points back. So Luton did well to, to fight in, back into it. I don't know if this really changes my perception of who's going to finish bottom three. Uh, I do think that while people thought Everton was going to be comfortable staying out of relegation, I think there is still a chance for, for like, particularly for Burnley to maybe steal some more points and pull themselves out, but they got to stop shooting themselves in the foot with late, late goals conceded. Well, I think um, Vincent Company has been a little bit late to the party in terms of changing his tactics a little bit. Yeah. If you if you've watched him and watched that team in the past weeks, they have been better. They've been picking up a little bit more, a few more points because they're playing a little bit more within themselves, looking to counter a little bit quicker and using less of the ultra high line that's caught them out quite a few times. Um, and it's not like their record is really great. It's what like a win in a draw in the last last five I think Luton is looking more of a cohesive unit um I I will say I I, I agree with uh with Derek I thought Luton did look better in the beginning mostly because of that kind of unit structure that they've really nailed down um Burnley came in scored the goal and there is while I've been a big proponent for like throwing uh VAR in the dustbin of eternity Within the current structure of how VAR operates, there is no fucking way that that should have been a goal. The tying goal should have never been allowed to stand within the current kind of like framework of how things are reviewed. The player looks behind him and shoves his ass into the goalie, into Trafford. Absolutely no way that Lucian, that, that Luton, um, goal should have been allowed. I wonder if you have a, a different perspective on that, Derek. No, I mean, I guess the, the I, I've kind of suspended disbelief about like what I expect to get out of VAR, which is I have no expectation of them getting anything right. Fair <laughs> enough. So it's, you know, it's like I just I can't I don't understand that the standard that's applied, and it's not different from the feeling I get when I watch NFL games or. I don't know, or, or some of the other sports or replays. Like basketball, yeah. yeah, yeah, basketball. Like I feel like basketball, they get it right. There's less of it. Like it's only the last couple minutes. I feel like there's very clear parameters, and like usually they can like f- come to a decision around that's to me pretty clear. Sure, I don't understand why and. Like there's a subjectivity to it, but I don't understand why there's not stuff where like we look at it and it doesn't pass the eye test, and they just go a different direction, but. Yeah, I just think with VAR, if you're going to use VAR the way it's been used this year, you have to have the ref go look at that. Like, I like you could even throw away all the slow motion stop still image bullshit that they use and just have it have it play real time on a screen for um, the center referee, and 
every single time you watch it. It's like, oh, no, that is a clear and obvious foul on the goalie. Understand that he didn't see it in the moment. If there was no VAR, we can all be upset about it, but at least we can accept it. But with VAR, it's just like... They've got to turn it back into a meritocracy. You can't demote Anthony Taylor and then put him back out there for the rest of the season. And be like, this guy's great. Like I, there has to be consequences. Like yeah. I mean, like I know. I mean, if my job performance was as bad as these guys were, I'd be unemployed for the second time in two years. Like th- I don't understand. Like what's what's Dude, going on here? I didn't. Like I said, I didn't watch this match, and I was ready to come into the podcast this week and and say. You know, credit to the refs because I didn't see any controversies. <laughs> so it sounds like I missed it. You should, you if you haven't seen that that Luton tying goal, you should watch it. I'd love to hear your opinion. It's just, I don't no. know. It's just garbage. Ryan's reaction this week was this was one of Anthony Taylor's better matches, and I was like, um, compared I, to what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. But yeah, that, but it, we go on and we gotta see what the, what they start doing. I just well, feel like there's got to be some change to how they, it, because there are good refs, right? Like the, it's not like every game like this has a shit, and there's not people make capable of making good decisions on the sideline. It's just a, a matter of process to get the right people out there. In my mind, yeah, you look at the Spurs Man United game, like a game called really well all the way through with very little. Um, con- well, very little question of calls yeah. and really good flow, really well managed. Um, but yeah, you come to those kinds of decisions. Here's a question. What, what does Anthony Taylor do if he gets fired as a ref? Like what is his, jo- well, his job? So here's prospects? the thing, right? Like it's going to be like, a, off. Yeah, like a, a gardener. Yeah, no, I think so. Right. Like a gardener or garbage <laughs> man. No, I think like that's, I mean, I don't want to say what other profession goes because I think it's unfair to other professions where there's professionals. Right? And like, just because you've been trained in something doesn't like give you like the right to work. Like I'm sure he could go do other things right now. At the same time, I'm not saying we need to be like that punitive about it. Right. Like there's other leagues you could go ref in. Like why not have the best promoted? Like, it seems like we just take the same stack of them and throw them out there every season rather than he's, he's lauded as the best ref that the PL has to offer. Like, he, not yeah, just there's that. There's quite a bit of it yeah. that, yeah. There's quite a bit of defense of him from, like, what is it, Pogmol or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. Because, like, I've seen the data. It, yeah. it, he's not good. And yeah. they literally had to punish him for how bad his calls were. And then he made a nightmare of a call in the match the lower division match he reft as punishment well like he cost nepo pyramid right like you say oh look i did something and then you bring him right back and everybody's still there and they're a little powwow together and you pretend like things have improved yeah it doesn't help that he looks fucking confused all the time too like i i, just <laughs> I don't want... have the same hate for him as you guys do but i do understand <laughs> yeah so while you guys were were like talking about that, I watched the I watched a replay of the goal. I can't believe they didn't yeah. have the ref come over and look at that. That's crazy. Total garbage. What, <clears throat> I had it muted because I was trying to listen to you guys. What did the like during the match? What did they they say was the possible justification for not taking a look at it? Like complete stupidity. Oh really? That that was because like, I was <laughs> I, like, is there I didn't really something hear a reaction like that? Yeah. Okay. Because I I like I watching it. I was like, is there something I'm unaware of where like if you're 
back is turned and you're unaware that the keeper is there that like except that he was totally aware he looked at him yeah i don't know i i have no explanation it should have been over overruled yeah but i also i i do think this continues like the conversation of what are the kinds of pressures we put these referees under and what kind of criticism is you know, it should be directed directly at the individual refs versus the setup that they're working within. I, I do think that there are some significant organizational issues going on, rule issues that individual refs can't fix themselves. They can only interpret, right? So I, I don't know. I, the only way it's going to be get better is if we is if robots. You know, oh, no, is if we turn it over we, to Sam we, Altman. If there's support of the referees. <laughs> <laughs> you would be sitting in like Barbados, like hmm, button. <laughs> um, I um, I think the only way to fix this is actually giving the referees more um, more support, um, and that's from the grassroots up. Um, I've shared that opinion before, but shit just keeps happening. Up you, I, they have to do something to deserve support. Right. I, I'm not talking about the highest level. I'm talking about the culture of um, of how we deal with referees and their mistakes. Like they're training them <clears throat> in development and career paths yeah. in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. I think this is a larger question that's just come to the head at, okay. this season especially. Let's, Let's talk on. about Chelsea. Chelsea won Fulham zero. Uh, Woo! Yeah. Oh, we don't have Everton on here. Everton played... Uh, um, Villa. Aston Villa was a tie in right? a yeah in what was like a fucking boxing match. I actually Googled. <laughs> I Googled. Uh, what was it? Zero zero. Yeah, it was like Emery's yeah. first yeah. zero zero draw like ever in the Premier League, maybe or at least with Villa. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't add that to the show notes. But like the the amount of stoppage in that match. And Ridiculous. like the the number of players that <laughs> ended the game with like fuck like they're just their skull leaking out <laughs> onto the pitch. Like my my favorite was James Gar- Tarkovsky like calling Onana and um, what's his name over to like come fight. Like <laughs> he was like, no, yeah. I'm not gonna do it. Come on over, guys. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, we like, I, I watched that that with Derek yesterday. Um, we we missed that match and the United match because of my birthday brunch that you opted out of. Because uh, you were saying yeah, it was a waste of time. But we rewatched the Villa Everton uh, uh, match after, and uh, I had to Google if that's some kind of rivalry that I was unaware of. And what I came up with was that it's not technically a rivalry, but it is the most played fixture in English soccer, not in the PL, but like in, in the totality of English soccer, Villa Everton is, is the most played fixture. So they well, like, there is some history there, but I know. also think Daichi wants every game to be like that. Yeah. I think, I think he sees his teams. If it's a, if it's is a it Daichi or Daish, uh, it's Daish. I'm just calling him Daichi. Da- oh, okay. um, gotcha. um, it's definitely Daish. I just think that he he wants that atmosphere, that dynamic in the game, and he thinks his teams are are always going to win. And against the Aston Villa team, that would really wipe them across the floor in footballing terms. Got exactly what he wanted out of it. Yeah, yeah. We don't. I mean, it, it was a zero zero draw, but it was like 
interesting to watch in that it was just so physical. It was like more physical, uh, like the most physical game I can think of in like local history. Like did so many injuries, like play players were like, like multiple, a handful of players were, were going to get stitches after, after this match. It was, it was wild to see. Another uh, controversial uh, offsides in that game too, with Moreno scoring, there was like uh, Denjuma and someone else. Denjuma was kind of getting pulled back. There was like a toe offside, some kind of weird rule interpretation in that game too. I thought it was, so I, we had it muted right when they were reviewing that yeah. i think derek and yeah. uh i was like this is obviously offside i didn't hear any of the commentary on on like why it was controversial it just like looked offside they played a pass into uh i forget who it was but they played a pass in that was offside and then he he dro- like played a drop pass and that person scored like it was it was offside <clears throat> Yeah, the back player looked clearly off to me. But. Yeah, there, yeah, it was some interpretation of the rules that had had a confusion going. But I, I was in the sound of the same. I kind of looked away because I was like, "Oh, it's offsides." But there was some controversy, yeah. though. I can't. Yeah, because they reviewed that. it for a long time, yeah. a long time. I and think I it was, was just like, like, "What phase of play was was there an offsides?" I think that was yeah. maybe the question. yeah, yeah. But well, anyway, so uh, going back, Chelsea won, Fulham zero. Um, not, not the funnest game to watch. Three home wins Chelsea, on a spin. Are you, are you Chelsea just are, starting to feel that way about Chelsea games? Or <laughs> well, or? like, I, I mean, they're just really missing Nico Jackson's presence on this this <laughs> team right now. Why did I even ask? And <laughs> I mean, or any, gonna, maybe the maybe any center forward at all. <laughs> do you think our Do you think our five yellow cards were frustration from not having Nico Jackson out there? <laughs> yeah, they were. They were tribute cards. Cause yeah. he <laughs> he got what did he get like four yellow cards in a row in matches for descent or I something I like that? Edzo point towards the sky and say, "This one's for you." This one's for you. <laughs> yeah, man of the match. So I think I think you've been slightly. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Have you been critical of Enzo? Derek, no, lately? I, okay. Uh, not, I, I, I've been consistently critical of his shooting, but I don't think... I, I've been critical of Caicedo. Uh, so, the only reason I bring it up is um, I was surprised that he was named co-man of the match. Him and Palmer were named co-man of the match, men of the match. Uh, I thought that Palmer was far more impactful than Enzo, but like, I mean, Enzo was like, this was the best game I've seen from him in a while. But uh, I thought Palmer just had more impact on, on the game. I don't know. Do I mean, you have any other way it came across for sure? But I, and it's tricky because scoring skews it in some ways, right? I think um, given, given that Enzo, you know, Played a, a very clean midfield game as he usually does. Played some good balls um, to, to keep kind of play such a critical role in build up. And then on top of that, had some, you know a couple good tackles. Um, yeah, I think it, it may, maybe that's where they're coming from. But yeah, I mean, it, for, 
that I'm surprised to hear that. I didn't realize that. I thought Palmer had the the much better game, and you know, uh, even with I don't know, like ninety percent of the the games, Palmer's more important to me than than Enzo um, in terms yeah. of overall influence on the game. But so, um, yeah, the recap here really is uh, it was fairly fairly tight game, like not a lot happening. Uh, really uninsulated. Like, Chelsea played a lot better at Fulham in Fulham earlier in the season. Um, they the Chelsea just seemed a little flat to me. Uh, on the Fulham side, I thought Anthony Robinson looked good. I think he's just had a great season in general. Yeah, I gonna think get, he's going to get purchased. I think I don't think he's going to be at Fulham next year. Yeah, I I, I think I think he's. He's just looked spectacular for this season. He's actually uh, perfect for a Pochettino team in a lot of ways because he gets up and down the pitch so well. For a yeah, back, that is. <laughs> is he? How tall is he? Because they just Chelsea just sent Ian Matson to Dortmund with the hope to sell him for like about thirty-five. That fucker shorter than me. Yeah, like, yeah, Ian Matson's small, tiny man. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, Pochettino doesn't like Matson because of his height, and that's like like Matson is very dynamic and and like was like balled out for Burnley, and I think made the Championship's best eleven last yeah. season. But he he hasn't gotten a sniff this season really from it's, Pochettino. It's really, about, I don't think it's about size. I think it's about it, this is part of size. I think it's about physicality. Yeah, um, I, I I think that Pochettino likes really physical um, wide. Uh, fullbacks who can cross the ball really well, and I'm not so sure um, that Matson does. I don't know that much about him, but I think in general, part of the kind of slight malaise that Chelsea's in is the lack of fullbacks that can cross the ball right now. It's a really, yeah. really big problem, yep. and a, a lack of number ten. I don't even think the number nine position is really the issue. I think it's the fullbacks and the number ten. Pochettino's system needs those positions. And yep. right now they don't have any of them. Yeah. Speaking of fullbacks, but, did you think that Gusto was going to take another straight red for a six? I thought he angles? was. Yeah, I thought he awesome. was going to get a straight red for that. Um, he's got to clean that up out of his game, whatever that is. Like, yeah, I mean, just studs up right into who was it? William. Uh, oh, it was William. Yeah, like right into. I if that Chelsea was like legend. If that yeah. If that was an inch higher, they surely would have given him a red card. It it was just right on the line. Like yeah, as, looking at it right now, he couldn't have complaints if he was sent off. Really, yeah. That, like that's yeah. a red card challenge. He looked yeah. guilty as shit on his yeah. face. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that was bad. I thought he was for sure being sent off, especially because it was Anthony Taylor. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you can't complain right. that much about Anthony Taylor then, you know, he does some well, good things for him. <laughs> he has like a real history of yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> with Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> I think there's like, yeah, anyway, I, I don't want to like <laughs> get on another ta- Taylor tangent, but um, yeah, Gusto I thought was bad in this one. I thought Palmer looked bright and very creative at times. The match was won off a penalty that was awarded on basically a dive from Sterling. Uh, there was contact, but Sterling just fell down and it won the match for Chelsea, but I didn't feel 
good about it and they reviewed you, it and upheld it but like it it's just Do you guys think Sterling a, is starting to get that that's starting to creep into his game a little bit more recently I think. Oh, he's just he, He's gotten a couple yellow cards recently, is that right? Yep. For for yeah. Diving? For diving, yeah, he's he's received two that I can recall in local history. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the way Sterling Sterling was playing really well earlier in the season. I am not stoked with how he's been playing lately. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I don't know. He keeps. I mean, he brings maturity, I guess, to the the team. I guess I feel, part of me feels like it's just Potch being inflexible again. Like uh, I don't know. Like put put your best f- f- four attackers out there and, and and go at them rather than like trying to pigeonhole these guys into ineffective. Well, I don't think he. But. I don't think he even knows what his best attacking side is. I, yeah, I, I like that's know, part I, of the problem yeah. with this team. There's so much flux. And then, all right, so some other things. Some other things that I noticed in this game. Broya, really ineffective. It looks like he got an okay player rating, but for me, like, oh, he, you guys are going to think that I'm trolling here, but I'm not. Like, Jackson gets into positions where he should score. He just doesn't. Like, <laughs> he's. I think he has underperformed his XG by the most in the PL. It's been a minute since I looked at these statistics. But he has like the second highest XG in the PL. So he's really good at getting in these positions and that's but then he like doesn't have the finished product and that's that's what everybody is critical on him for. The Chelsea hierarchy is probably looking at Jackson and being like if we can get this guy to just perform at his XG, if we can like make him more clinical, we're going to have like a real, a real, uh, like talisman here. If, if we can do that, whether they can do that or not, I don't know. Broya doesn't get into those positions. Like he very obviously like Jackson makes players around him better because he's such a pest. He's so fast. He is, he like bodies people more than Broya seems willing to do. Definitely a hard um, player to play against. You got to give that to Jackson. Like he, he is a like a a fucking a pest is a word. A dog in there is to yeah to say what um I don't know, Ben Foster says that all the time about players. But um he uh, yeah he definitely has that edge to him, which Chelsea generally doesn't have without him. Yeah. Um and Broya, I don't I don't think Broya is a Premier League level player. Yeah, I just I just don't see it. But I think you guys see it more see more of him play. But every time I see him play, he's not really very quick he doesn't have good movement in the box and his link up plays really not anywhere to be seen so i'm not really sure what he's going to give chelsea in the long term and yep. he's homegrown right broya he is yeah yeah you watch for him to be sold this summer get that like that yep. profit from a, he just a signed a long deal with like a seven-year contract which is probably to maximize any transfers yeah yep. that could happen right yeah <clears throat> But he agreed to it probably thinking that he'd be um you know part of the plan part of yeah. the plan for Chelsea but he's he's not he's just not it he's yeah um Gusto nightmare of a game I'm just running through everyone here and I've got like one remark uh to wrap this up Desassi scares the shit out of me uh it looks like he had an okay 
uh, rating on who scored, but I disagree. Like, uh, he's, he's he's just really, yeah, he's just really fucking shaky to me. Um, I want to long term, like Silva will be gone next season. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Tiago Silva. <laughs> What are you, Bruno no, G? <laughs> Silva, Silva has not had the positive influence on this team that he has in the past. I, it feels a he's little bit 40. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, in terms of mentality, I feel like yeah. in the past he's brought this certain um, experience, this certain kind of nuance uh, to, to going into a match that has really influenced the team to get good results in the past, like before last year, of course, and this year. But that's really seemed to have waned over time now. He doesn't have the same influence over the group, partially because Pochettino is such a big personality. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's having – Well, he also – he doesn't back. speak English. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And, and I mean, he, he is like – with like all due, I love Thiago Silva, and mm-hmm. I uh, am I'm just so stoked that uh, like for the time that we've had him at the the club, yeah, I can't believe we got him. Yeah, I can't on a free, um, but he's just like you know, father time is undefeated, as the saying goes, and and it, he's it's starting to show for me. Long term, hopefully, hopefully Wesley Fafana comes back and is like you know, on the level that he was before that his injury fucking chance. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Uh, but if not, I like batty a shield, uh, and he's mm-hmm. not getting like, he's looked shaky at times, but he's coming up to speed this season. Last season, he looked like the best signing on the, on the team, like, or the best signing we made in the, I think it was the January window. So I'm like excited about batty a shield and I'm excited about Caldwell moving back into the center of the defense, which is like the other thing I want to call out. Pochettino, I I know he listens to the show. You're fucking brain dead if you think you are making Chilwell a a winger. Like Chilwell, earlier in the season before Chile's injury, he was playing Chilwell uh, at left wing. And... He subbed Chilwell in for Sterling and had him playing as a winger at the end of this game. It was Chilwell's first uh, appearance, I think, since his injury, rather than having him come on for Colwell at left back. Um, and keeping Mudrick as an unused sub. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, out fucking rageous. That Is this something that, he said publicly that he wants to transition yes. Chilwell? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. In, in press conferences, he's he's been like, "Yes, this is my plan," or whatever. Like he's he's on some hallucinogenics. If he thinks he's taking like when uh, not in when fit and available, Chilwell is in the mix for the best left backs in the world, to my mind. Um, like mm. played out of his skull during our Champions League run. And making just making him a left winger when you have Mudrick and Sterling. Mudrick, who's like rounding into form. Like, what does that do for Mudrick's confidence if like he's starting to score goals and, and like pick up the tactics that you're working on and you put Chilwell in in for Sterling <laughs> to close this game out? Yeah. And yeah. 
anyway, well, I wonder last... if that has to do with Chilwell's like injury record. Like he's trying to protect him in a less physical space. I don't know. It's, that's interesting. I don't, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been doing it all season. It's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> Petrovic, to my mind, has played Robert Sanchez out of a position. Been really um, good. Yeah. Yeah, he's been very very good. Not Vicario good, but like a pretty great signing it's looking like uh from the MLS i think they got him for like 12 million um yeah and i'd say like it, it, sanchez had a lot of shaky moments we've had a lot of shaky goalkeepers like kepa and stuff and, and who doesn't and even start at real madrid now <laughs> he's coming right like, back petrovic always looks to me like very calm and collected and authoritative back there and like doesn't give me like the the heebie-jeebies that he's about to do something stupid like and the, we see this with a lot of other like something like turner does a lot of dumb shit too like he's the opposite of that yeah sanchez might be i don't know for a fact like just like i'm trying to think of like the merits that might be there between both players like maybe sanchez is a better downfield distributor but petrovic way more commanding in the box uh, way better shot stopper, and he is like somewhat of a penalty specialist, which we saw in yeah. uh, against Newcastle. Um, and so they're like, he's just a better all around keeper. And so now, like, what do we do with Sanchez? And then Kepa, like you said, is is coming right back to this to this team because he. Uh, did you see the own goal he scored on himself this week? It's no. like a remarkable feat of acrobatics that Kepa he he yeah, I'll let you look look it up, but uh if if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it, you should you should check that out. Um anyway, uh Chelsea won Fulham 0. Uh, Chelsea's starting to win game like they're winning these games that you have to grind out and it's good to see that but um and they move up to eighth and they're like one point off jumping to like sixth or something that means a uh, title charge right it yeah yeah Ange. yeah yeah according well, to drunk Ange Postacoglu <laughs> you you can get uh, real excited about that but even if they move up a place they're still what, like eight nine places off fifth <laughs> There's there is no. a separation happening between the top five and everybody else currently. What it must be from so they're from West th- Ham up. What is it? Yeah, yeah. So they're nine Six points three. behind Spurs for fifth. Yeah. Uh, but they could jump into sixth. Pre- like you could if they keep winning, they're like yeah. they could jump into sixth pretty quickly. Um, and I could and, see a world in where Europa League is a success for them for the for the season yeah they They, need that if they don't get that then they will have financial fair play issues next Mm -hmm. season um how oh man we're running so so long um i'm gonna rapid fire this uh this uh i've got this section of random banter uh eric dyer what do you what do you think of him leaving luke you know eric dyer is kind of uh pantomime joke now but it's not that long ago that he was a pretty top level high performing uh footballer you know when he played for potch at that kind of holding midfield position how long ago would you say that was probably about (laughs) five years ago (laughs) 
you think what? five years ago? <laughs> level Probably. set for everybody listening what Luke perceives as uh, not that long ago. Oh, get the fuck out of here. He performed well at World Cups and Euros. He was a really good player, and he just got slow. He can't, couldn't keep up. I will always remember his first match against West Ham when he came on, played right back, scored the game winner. As a Spurs fan, I have good memories of him. Wasn't up to the level. Don't know why the fuck Bayern Munich was well, signed yeah. him. But, this is 2024, um, right? So, like, what's your yeah. reaction to him going there in 2024? Um, I think that Bayern Munich are pretty desperate for another center back for numbers. Um, he's going to be the fourth, fourth, um, fourth choice when when they get injuries back. I think it's a little bit like Timo Werner signing at Spurs. It's it's to cover a short term injury crisis. And you guys gave yeah. him a really good deal because you wanted to get a couple more uh, basis points in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah. I have really good memories of Dyer. Like I said, easy to make fun of now. Was a, a much better player when he was younger. I just didn't think he could keep pace as he got older. Um, I've never rated Dyer uh, personally, but, but like I don't. That's viewed for the, through the I lens mean, of a Chelsea fan. I think he fan. played a critical role for Tottenham at times. It kind of surprised me in his capability of doing so. But well, yeah. when he played as the holding midfielder. He was the. It was kind of a, a revolutionary kind of not a revolutionary's um, kind of uh, hyperbolic, but the way that he played in that center midfielder position, dropped back in between the two center backs at the time, was kind of new to the Premier League. Happens a little bit more now, um, but he yeah he was a really important part of really good Spurs teams. Um, so I'm sad to see him go, but happy he's off the off the wage bill. Yeah, you know, got like five million it. for him or something. Yeah. Also, yeah. I th- by all accounts, a, a pretty good person who brought a lot of foreign players into the Spurs team. He speaks like five fucking languages. Grew up in Portugal, um, and then came back to England. So cool story. I think a, a good good person by all counts. Sad to see him go for that personality, but he had no place in our team. Like he just he we were playing Emerson fucking Royale as a center back instead of yeah. and would ask Angie's just like he's like, Oh, you don't have any center backs. Is Eric Dyer part of your plan? No. <laughs> just like <laughs> No mate. Instantly. No mate. <laughs> I um but um yeah. all right well let's uh uh so, like, sticking to both Spurs and Bayern on these notes I have. So, uh, Radu Dragasen, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but he uh, has signed for Spurs um, instead, of, instead of Bayern, um, which is crazy. Like, I, 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 what is happening with Bayern? I, like, I, I, I actually need to take some time to look at this because, like, the next story is – Davies uh, is running out his contract and probably going to Real Madrid, which I can understand the draw of Real from Bayern, but like I can't understand the draw of like <laughs> Spurs versus Bayern. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, well, it's, he's twenty. He's twenty-one. He knows that if he goes to Bayern, he's not going to get as much opportunity. It speaks to doing something early in the transfer window. One, you know, you, you're first. You're first to the market. You're first to approach the player. You've got some, you know, credibility. I also. Think I thought it, Bayern approached him first, no, and then he snubbed them. No, Spurs. Spurs approached first. Bayern came in. Gave a better oh, okay. offer financially, and he said, "I'll develop more at Spurs." I also think that. And 
Ange has a lot of sway. People think he's um, like players think he's charismatic and that they can learn from him. I think Pochettino had a similar vibe at Spurs, but Levy never backed him. So I, I think that's part of it. I'm happy he's there. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he could be a Davidson Sanchez kind of signing. You know, just he was a good defender who can't play the ball. Um, but we'll see. I'm happy, happy about it. We need another center back. Yeah, and yeah, I you guys do need that. Yeah, I I do think that Bayern is a little bit of a stale place because of the culture. You know, they win almost every year, all that kind of shit. I also think, and you'll have you you would both speak to this. I think Thomas Tuchel is probably a pretty hard person to work for. Tough, yeah. You know, he's yep. pretty critical. He he's not really forgiving. So it, Davies kind of makes sense. I don't know. I would go yeah. to Real Madrid. Given the choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. But, dude, if, like, Real Madrid with, like, Davies, apparently they've worked it out with Mbappe. Bellingham is a killer. Like, brutal. that That team is going to they're be gonna, They're going to win the Champions League this stacked. year, I think. Yeah, like, they are think of it, stacked. They don't even have to start Cruz and Modric anymore. They can just yeah. have one playing, sub out in the 60 minutes, have the next come in. Like, yeah, dude. no sweat. Valdeverde is in there. Camavinga. Like, just, like. That team so, oh, Kamavinga is so good too. Just, like and in, in versatile, can play all over the place. Yeah, um, Real's a problem. They're going to be a problem, dude. If I'm Barcelona, so, I'm like, how the fuck did we let this happen? Like Barcelona's <laughs> like turning. This is true. They're like turning grass from their pitch into diamonds through some process and trying to sell it to uh, their fans to raise funds because they're in such a dire financial position. And meanwhile, Real are like picking up Davies and Mbappe on freeze and like have put together probably the best midfield in the world. Uh, they've got what's his name on the left wing. Oh, Why is it escaping? That, that short dude. Who's like a crazy good dribbler. Yeah. The Brazilian guy. Why yeah, the fuck? Vinicius. Oh, Vinicius. Yeah. Uh, well, they yeah. have a new player out left too. Vinicius has been playing a little bit more through the middle. Yeah, and they yeah. Have this new shorter, like dribbling fucking phenom. Oh, you're talking about Artagula? I, I, I don't. I can't remember his name. I don't watch that much La Liga, though I did watch okay. some of the Super Cup. Yeah, Artagula's come back from injury. They picked him up from. He's Tur er, Turkish. Yeah, and he is like technically insane. Yeah, and so, I think he plays on the right though. Maybe I don't I, know I, I who could, you're talking I could about. be wrong. Anyway, uh, let's talk. Run through some Chelsea stuff real quick. Uh, Chelsea, like I said, they were at that Newcastle game to scout Isaac, which is weird because like you'd think there'd be plenty of tape on Isaac, uh, but uh, uh, Newcastle might have to be a seller right now to avoid some financial issues, <clears throat> especially as they, they tumble down the table. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a story. They also are linked with Evan Ferguson, but, but uh, Brighton want a hundred million plus for him. Cause why wouldn't they, if they could sell Caicedo for that much right, to Chelsea, yeah. they know what uh, the script is, right? Yeah. So that doesn't seem realistic to me. And I don't know why Ferguson would go there. Um, and then they, uh, it dropped today. So I don't know how much you guys have followed this, but Benzema has refused to turn up for practice at his team in Saudi or whatever. 
Uh, like he's just MIA. Are they sure and, he's not just busy extorting from one of his teammates? Or yeah. <laughs> what a piece, dude! What are you gonna do if Benzema comes will, to Chelsea? I was about to say I will come fucking unhinged. That will be the moment where I'm the one coming unhinged if he dude, comes to Chelsea. Yeah, if, I don't the, even know if I'll watch. To be the honest. word, <laughs> fuck him. The word today was that Chelsea are linked to like to a six uh, six month loan of Kareem Benzema. Uh, and Pochettino's mulling it over right now. We sell our players to Saudi Arabia, and then we get some more back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Todd Bowley's like, I love this place. <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, it's not going well in Saudi. Jordan Henderson very publicly wants out of Saudi. Nobody could have seen that coming. It's almost... Yeah, I just wish that, like... Everyone on the fucking planet had told him that this was a stupid idea. Um, and he had done it anyway. And he was being snowed it. by piles of cash. But yeah, I like the the rumors that I've read are that like he's basically been told that he's not playing at a level that will keep him in the England squad. And he's also miserable playing in Saudi. And uh, Benzema is also miserable playing there. They both won out. Um, I read today that Jordan Henderson has been told by his club that they will not entertain him leaving. So he's stuck, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's made made a deal with the devil, man. It's like, I've, I've heard quite a few reports of of a lot of these players who've moved to Saudi Arabia, especially with their families, just don't like fucking living there because their wives can't leave the house without yeah. fucking, you know, without worrying about being admonished. They can't drink alcohol. They, you know, it's like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? And meanwhile, Ronaldo's like, I love it over here. Like, <laughs> you ever see like photos of the the matches? Like, there's like forty women people there. <laughs> yeah, and like no women. Like women aren't allowed. Uh, so Shannon's a big tennis fan, and Saudi. So I think you are too, Luke. Right. Like you guys um, play tennis yeah, together? Yeah, med- medium. Yeah, medium okay. Well, fan. Saudi has secured the like for 10 the next 10 years the women's tennis championship or something. I don't know anything about tennis. Uh but uh they've secured the rights to the bra- or to host that and like they wouldn't allow women to play tennis professionally. So like what is the, I this whole thing that's going on where we're letting this like anti-progressive state just buy up assets and and buy power i i don't know it, it, it you sure about that yeah you sh- yeah well it's- what could be interesting I, I was thinking about this yesterday you know the model of right how they went about live golf or whatever and they took that they basically leveraged <laughs> their position to take over the fucking whatever the pta or whatever the fuck it's called yep. pga <laughs> pta, PTA. <laughs> the parents PTA. uh teachers association yeah. of america <laughs> They're coming for them next. <laughs> They're coming ben Solomon, for education ben, system next. Ben Salman's like, no, we will ban that book and that book. <laughs> um, this fucking th- country <laughs> was chopping reporters up like a couple of years ago. Well, what I think 
what would be interesting is if they went and took the Super League concept, basically took over that. Now that it's been, you know, in the courts, it's been said that was it was illegal for uh, FIFA or UEFA to kind of overtake that or shut it down. I yeah. would not be surprised if they try to take the same model with the Super League and leverage that position against something like the Champions League. It would be very interesting um, to see what happened if Saudi Arabia became involved with the Super League, if they're not already for that matter. Yeah, well, they they're yeah. It's I, it's fucking crazy. The fucking super uh, the the super cup was just played. The La Liga Super Cup was just played in um, in Tahoe. It's a uh, Tahoe, <laughs> Doha, or wherever the fuck. And yeah. it just it just blows my mind. It's the Turkish crazy. there was like a tur- uh, match for. Uh, it, I think it was the the like two top teams in Tur- like Galatasaray and. So it's some it got called off. Man, I wish I I could remember the story I read. Um anyway, they they were supposed to host some big uh match for the Turkish league and it got called off like the players refused to play for some reason. This is terrible fucking reporting. Uh <laughs> We're not sorry. reporters, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we are, but I'm not uh not reliable. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. Um God, trying to get through these. Chelsea signed a shirt sleeve deal with a Russian crypto firm. And I, I'm i just going to say that's really fucking confusing to me that that was allowed. But we oh we God. don't have to talk about that a whole lot. That's that's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and they're going to become their like training kit sponsor after this season. They'll like convert to that next season. So they'll have like an even more prominent display, I guess, on one of the uh, kits that Chelsea wears. Um, and then probably the biggest story Forrest and Everton have been turned over to like a independent commission to, uh, determine their punishment for, uh, breaching financial fair play. So you guys want to yeah. talk about that? Well, I think if they're, if what is the, what is the limits like 107 million pounds, they can't, uh, have losses within two years being more than that amount or whatever the amount is. It's something. Yeah, like I, I. It's kind of the Everton one. It feels like like Everton's really getting shit on in terms of all of this. I think their leadership has been really bad. Nottingham Forest is not that surprising because the amount of money they've spent on transfers in the past two seasons has been fucking outrageous. Yeah, like what did they think was going to happen? Yeah, like they're going to make the champion. Like they're going to get. They're the going to title challenge. Yeah. yeah, it's like fuck off. You don't have Ange. <laughs> We can discuss that comment if we really need to, but I don't really care. Um, I hope that Everton does not get any more points deductions. I think that that 10 point really seemed, still seems unfair and out of the box. But I don't know. I think that this is just the way it's going to happen. It's 105 million pounds over three seasons. Yeah. Three seasons. I I just like, and you look at the financial situation with Saudi Arabia, like what space is there for these clubs to get it under control? Like, is there even a way for them to bring these, this spending under control or are these mid to mid to small size clubs just going to keep running into this? I think that's like, where does this actually lead? Well, Everton is just like negligence, right? Like Everton's a yeah. big club. Poor ownership, yeah. Very bad ownership. Like but they they are a big big club. Uh and they've just yeah, they're 
their their ownership was they just managed it into the ground basically and now they're they're just in a bad position all all around i hope they are punished selfishly because i want the pressure i want the precedent for like harsh punishment to continue to build for whenever they like figure out what they're going to do about the hundred plus charges against city like i hope they get just fucking nuked into the ground even if that Um, means we're taking deductions for the three or four charges against us it's one right now it's just it's just one i assume it's gonna grow if we're funneling money we're embezzling money through russian crypto through yeah but 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 fair play yeah so it's yeah i agree with your point we're gonna yeah we're like chelsea is guilty of something uh and we should pay for it yeah Uh, at some point there's gotta be teeth for this stuff other than to like everton and forest right and that's the absurdity of like how this is played out and i don't get like it can't just be that oh man city's spending 10x in legal fees compared to everton like i'm sure they are but like how does that absolve them like i don't it's very there's there's gonna be a lack of trust to your point unless what's good for one is good for all soon enough yeah and then with city like or sorry not city forest uh like i think that's where your like broader question comes in luke and like I don't know. I don't know how with the level of competition and the level of wealth at the top that uh, a mid-league table, bottom to mid-league table uh, team comes in and establishes themselves and, and makes a, like the whole purpose of all of this is like the dream that like a team could climb this ladder and establish themselves in the premier league and that it's not, guaranteed for anyone right um and i don't know that the system is achieving that goal at all i I find myself incredibly skeptical of any ffp breaches until man city is charged with something or or yeah yeah it it receives some kind of uh punishment you know i i just don't buy into any of it i think it's all kind of it's all just you know it's just kind of it's empty it feels just empty and um, and in some ways encouraging the monopolization too. Like, right? It's like if, if yep. Nottingham Forest can't spend more than they make trying to climb the ladder, what is any – what are – like you said, what are, There's what no are these hope. clubs supposed to be? Like maybe Aston Villa is the is the mark on that. Like – but I don't I don't know what their financials look like. Um, and this is all pretty opaque anyway, because in England, we don't really learn what transfer fees are. We only see what's reported. It's not like in the U.S. where things are publicly um, stated, right? Like uh, things like yeah. salaries, all that. We don't really actually – we don't actually know. We just hear reports that we trust to be accurate. This is just all so opaque to me. There has to be some level of accountability or the ones who are really going to – um, suffer the fans. Like, what is it like to be an Everton or Nottingham Forest fan? An Everton fan. You just got a 10-point deduction, and then you're back in the news for it. It's like, they're the ones who are are really going to suffer. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. anyone's surprised. Like, they were in a terrible financial position, and now they're in a, like, they continue to be in one. And there's no way out. Like, they Not if you keep giving so, 10-point deductions. They, yeah. <clears throat> they've got so much debt that stadium is going to just hang over them. Um, a sort of a story in all of this is that Chelsea did not receive 
Like they are apparently not in breach of financial fair play. Um, I, from what I've read, they're going to be in real trouble next year unless they make they do some like real financial jujitsu or manage to qualify for a European competition. Like they have to get into Europe. Like they cannot be just playing for England trophies and and the PL next season Mm -hmm. with the way they've modeled their finances. So like they always knew they were going to be good this season, but uh, they're in real trouble next reporting period. If they don't figure something out, Um, Derek, let's cover Yanks in the ranks. What do you got for like, do this real quick and then it'll be like one of our longest episodes ever, but yeah, you guys are just happy to have me back. I understand you want to talk longer. Yeah, yeah. Well, last week Back I think it was our shortest ever because I I was like I I'm like hallucinating. I need to get off of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so AC Milan updates. Uh, Moose is back from muscle injury. Didn't. Uh, didn't start this one, but was used as sub, so that's good. We'll see if he gets back in the form. And then Pulisic continues his uh, his run of form. So he was the Serie A Player of the Month. I don't know if we talked about that. We might have, but um, which means you know he's on the same level of at least Harry Maguire, not better. And uh, man, why you got to take shots at Harry Maguire? I don't. Yeah, his mom <laughs> loves him. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. And then so he uh, he was built up in vulnerability in multiple goals in the th- their three one win uh, this past week over Roma, which that's you know obviously a big big win in the league. There, um, I saw of I saw footage of the fans for each team in the stands shooting fireworks at each other. Yeah, that sounds great. Right. Fucking shit. Yeah, I, Italians are very Italy. Yeah, the Italians. I would are do very that at Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so good to see him continuing to kind of rock and roll there. And then I think good news on the geo front that he's hired a new agent. So hopefully something gets moving there. Because and then you know on top of that, Sancho going there isn't going to help get him any more playing time either. So something needs to change there. Yeah, he's just languishing there. Yes. Kind of like really Clear starting to stall a little bit. Yeah, pretty bizarre. But yeah. Uh, interesting. AC Milan is so far back in the title title race in Syria. Yeah. I didn't realize they're nine points back. Um, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty big gap. Um, Juventus, right? Like Weston McKinney has started to play a lot more for them. Is that right? <clears throat> I think he's. Bit, yeah, I think that transition started a couple months ago, but he's been a pretty key player for them. I've always had a kind of soft spot in my heart for Weston McKinney. Like, yeah, I, I, really I, don't, like I, I don't know how, like, I don't know how good he is, but he's just like a player that something can happen at any time. I don't know if he's super consistent, but he has some, some magic in his boots for sure. And Timothy Way next to him. I love that, that, uh, that club connection for the, for the yeah. uh, national team. Yeah. Now, any any what positives a redemption, I ever say. <laughs> what a redemption story for him too, McKenney. Cause like. Yeah. There was like they ended up not following like following through with this, but his falling out with the whoever the manager there is, I I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, it was like very public and to the point that they weren't going to bring him on their U.S. tour this summer. Like one of the United States national team stars, they were going to leave away from the squad while they went on a U.S. tour 
Uh, they ended up not doing that, obviously, and now he's worked his way into being a fairly nailed-on starter for them. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, good on him for grinding it out there. But Yeah, I agree. That could have gone one of two ways, and he kind of showed some real resiliency there. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. We are – this is – it's been a long episode. Uh, good to have everyone back. Um. Derek and I are traveling like Friday. We're going, we're going skiing. Hopefully we're not catching an avalanche. There's been a lot of those, uh, all throughout the country. We've just like just been getting dumped on with snow everywhere in America, but, um, we'll both be bringing microphones. So we'll be recording our podcast as normal. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we've got a discord. We're on social media uh, we're, I think we're all back and healthy at this point. So, uh, should be getting the full complement of football yanks going forward and, uh, check us out at footballyanks.com. discord links in the, in the, uh, show description. You guys got anything else? Nope. All right. Good luck at soccer, Luke. Oh, fuck. God I can see it. Shannon complaining like the stream of her being like, I can't believe I have to drive in this shit and then play in this shit. Well, if she was, her car is scary as fuck. Yeah. I was going to say, if if you drove her car in the snow, you'd be scared too, which you have, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. I drove. No, I've never driven in the snow. I drove it in the rain and like (laughs) taking a turn. I felt the wheels coming loose. Like it, it's it, that, that car is like a a legit piece of shit. (laughs) Like I, (laughs) Like there's nothing redeemable about it other than I guess the gas mileage. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but sounds like uh, Chelsea Football Club at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Prius is equal to or greater than Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> we'll see once we've got Kareem Benzema banging in goals for us. God. <laughs> Have a great week, you fuckers. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks, bye, everyone. everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Football Yanks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. We'll see you next time. Like-